0: On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin.
1: It's all about the follow-through. That's all I gotta say. It's all about the follow-through. You gotta hold the gooseneck. Just hold the gooseneck. <laughs> you know you was a puller. You know you, you used to pull it back. You didn't hold a gooseneck. I know my job. <laughs> I know what it's about. Wow. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Man, listen. Uh, Thursdays, it's is jumping back off. Obviously, you got TBS, CBS. Michigan State will be taking on K-State. That's going to be a good one. That could get another high view. I'm looking forward to the Arkansas UConn. Seeing what's going on there. FAU, Tennessee. At 8 p.m., it's games all Thursday evening. Get in line, get in place. Gonzaga will take on U.S. Uh, UCLA to finish off the nightcap. But mm. that's neither here nor there. We're moving on. It's time for Husker
0: football, spring practice. We're going to the text line first. Ooh, let's get because it. Because you brought my attention to this from an anonymous texter uh, who asked, Are y'all saying that Coach Hoiberg's style from previous years is good for March, but not the regular season?
1: Ah. Well, um, uh, that's not what we're really saying. What we're saying is we can understand what his his thought pattern was in trying to make that type of change in knowing that the style uh, works really good for the big, like, for example, let, let me just take it off the basketball real quick. You know, in football, the style of physicality, what, Big Ten football is like, mm-hmm. does it always translate to national championships? It does not. doesn't. They usually will come up short because there's some areas of lack that they may have. There's the physicality part of it. The other team matches up very well with them in the physical department. And so then there's some leets. Now, how was Nebraska successful back in the day? They used to go down there and find some of these... These Florida, Florida dogs their cornerbacks their their a lot of their DBs kind of they had speed length athleticism can run with some of the best out there even though the physical part of them that was where their their, their unique difference was as far as the big eight they physically dominated you night in and night out and and, and it translated because it was a physicality not just on the offensive side, but on the defensive side. So their defense was so staunch, so athletic, so fast, so you know downhill on you that when it came time you were off the field and their offense was just pounding on you. So by the time the fourth quarter everybody's raising up to four, you weren't ready for it because Nebraska was not only in shape, but they were physically imposing their will upon you on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. which gave deference to opportunities to break some, some plays at some times.
0: That was their style. Sure. And here's the thing with, with Fred Hoiberg's style. There's nothing right or wrong about it. Yeah. You just need the pieces to do it. Monty Morris would be the best point guard Nebraska's had since 2010. Mm-hmm. I feel very confident saying that. So having a guy like him goes a long way. Having a guy like Georges Nyang goes a long way. Having a home home court advantage like Hilton Coliseum can be goes a long way. Not saying PBA is bad, but when those Iowa State teams are rolling, there's a reason they call it Hilton Magic.
1: Hilton, Hilton is, a, listen, it, it is a tough place to play. You know, I, I, I had to go out there many a times. It's a very tough place. Actually won out there a few times, very rare, uh, but we were able to go out and get a couple. But that, let me tell you, it, you're right. That atmosphere is phenomenal. Um, Nebraska's atmosphere, I think. I think one of the things that they need to do is they need to get back to really having that lower bowl area dominated by the uh, you know the student section.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I told yep. I was telling yep. somebody Reach. before
1: um, one of the one of the advantages we had in Nebraska was that lower tier at Devaney from circling around was all students and they were rowdy. And 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 it was a phenomenal atmosphere. So much so that even Dick Vitale was was lit up when we beat Kansas in, in there. But just how the atmosphere was just just as good as any blue blood program in the country, right? Mm-hmm. I think they need to figure out a way to get back to that. And I think sometimes, both in football and basketball, in, in, in the big sports that. It's become very corporate, very, very monetary in the way that they're doing their business, which then uh, there's some suffrage, I think, in some areas. Uh, not to take away from those fans that paid the money to do that, but uh, I think there's there's got to be a
0: happy medium somewhere in that. There does. Pinnacle Bank Arena is great. We hear a lot of good things about it. It's a really nice arena. It's yeah. fun. But the students are, A, so far away from the court. Yeah. B, self-contained in their own little area. Yeah. Um. And that area doesn't make a whole lot of a difference. Yeah. There's not a lot of students on Their either end, end you know, mm-hmm. during free throws, anything like that. Yeah. So, yes, it makes sense that Nebraska is playing at Pinnacle Bank Arena because it's such a nice arena. You're not going to pay you, that much money not stick them in there. You get a pro type of feel sometimes in Pinnacle Bank. You do. Like, but like you're in the Dallas Mavericks game sure, or something. That's not what Nebraska needs. No. You need a college Rowdy. atmosphere. Yeah. right? You can get away with fewer seats if the environment is that much better. Yeah. If you can, you know, raise the demand for that ticket again helps if the team's good. But you look at Fog Allen, you look at Hilton Gallagher Iba. Yeah. is another I think underrated one. Yeah, you see the arms just sticking out over guys inbounding the basketball. That noise is on top of you. You don't have that in Lincoln.
1: Yeah, that that is true. And and um, I don't know what can we can do. What we can do, I just I think it's a necessity. I, I think it's something that needs to. You know, be done if you if you want to bring them, you want to bring them in and get them in. You know, you want you want that atmosphere to be rowdy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's I think that's one of the reasons that I I came. I mean, I would be regularly down there. You know, Terrence Badgett was my you know my roommate. He was there a year before me. I'd come down and be regularly watching games and 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 just saw the environment and it was just so just dope to me that when I would come for camps and when I would play in state tournaments, I would be just like, this is home. It made mm-hmm. you feel really good about where you were. And so I, I, I hope there's a way that they can work it out, but we'll see. We'll, 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 find out.
0: And this isn't just a basketball issue. Yeah. It's the same for football as well. I agree. Um, Axel Foley on the text line says, why don't the students sit behind the benches anymore? Um, well, they do, but they sit behind both benches. It goes a little bit of the way into Michigan state's bench. And a little bit of the way into Nebraska's bench, so it's not just behind the opposing team's bench, which again might be the best spot for it. Sure, maybe a slightly higher potential for incidents. You know, if they're, you're yelling things and someone you know on the team takes offense. Yeah, sure, I understand the risk, but at some point, don't you have to trust your security guys, trust the players, trust the the you know the students watching the game? I mean, th- these incidents are rare. Yeah. When anything does happen with football, strict, this is the one that I understand less as big as Memorial Stadium is you stick the students as far away from the opponent as possible you stick yeah. the band as far away from the opponent as possible don't you want that noise on the opposite sideline yeah don't you? I,
1: I, I agree and that's why I used to love just because you they used to have seats underneath the the stadium
0: mm-hmm.
1: like mm-hmm. right there in the end zones mm-hmm. and and kind of on the corners. And it can get rowdy down up under there, but they, mm-hmm. you know, they they've done a lot of changes and a lot of uh, adjustments there. But um, I just don't know where we can go from here. But I I do know that it does make a difference. I I can tell you that for sure.
0: Sticking on Husker football here four zero two four six four five six eight five. If you have any thoughts, spring practice started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Rule spoke, and to me, Strick, the most notable thing that he said was. The two players weren't practicing. Yeah, I don't really want to call it a suspension. I think that has a certain connotation. He actually said that. <laughs> I suppose he did. He did. It I mean, yeah. I
1: mean, but I know what you're it, saying. It the connotation feel doesn't feel like, a like it, but it his words said it. it was a suspension.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. But it's Anthony Grant and Tommy Hill, yeah. two guys that aren't being allowed to practice right now. What do you make of that and of Matt Rule really laying down the law in his first spring? I like it.
1: I, I like it. You can't help but to respect it. Right. Because of the fact that you're trying to make adjustments and changes to your your culture. There there may have, you, you know, say what you will. I think Scott Frost had a very lackluster, lackadaisical and an accepting of mediocrity culture. I don't know for sure. I wasn't there. We'd probably have to ask Kenny Wilhite when he comes in uh, that'd be a question I'd throw to him. Uh, but we
0: know what we saw in the field, but we know what we that's saw. A
1: reflection. It, it, it was definitely a reflection. And, and that lays down the law because here's the thing. If you don't handle yourself in the classroom, I tell, I tell kids this all the time. When I speak to them, I say school is a reflection. It is only a, 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 an avenue that prepares and teaches you for next levels of what's to come because here's the thing if you're not willing no one's telling you when you need to get in the gym no one's telling you when you need to work out no one when you're a pro Mm -hmm. no one's telling you how much you need to work out no one's telling you to be prepared for what's in the scouting report and what's in that you have to stay no one's telling you to watch film they can but you still, as it's a professional, you. still have to do it. So you have all these things. Classwork is, is part of discipline. You may not like it. You may not ever use it. It may not be for you, for whatever you're doing down the road. You may be straight in your NIL. You've got all kinds of money. You don't really feel that you need to go to school. But it's all part of a prep a process. Because when you get to the next level, there's going to be playbooks terminologies that as long as a freaking paragraph when some of these quarterbacks are reading them off. Right? So if you can't study that, how do you think you're going to prepare at the next level when you're getting a freaking long playbook and that's your freaking job. So it's all part of the process. So I love what he's doing. This comes first. You are first, what they call a student Athlete that's been lost in I, NIL that's been lost in some of the stuff as far as you you wanting to go pro and leaving to go pro early all of that's been lost but it's still you are student athlete first and in anything that comes less than that then you you either need to hit the portal or this isn't this isn't what we're doing we're not dealing in mediocrity because otherwise mm-hmm. it'll translate to the field
0: I do think there's something to be said too for Matt Rule and you know sticking to the standard because I I know coaches in some places would say well we have a new coordinator and I'm a new guy um so we really want these guys out on the field uh to make sure they get all the install that they need to see as many of our best guys out there together as we can so eh, we're still new this semester but when when fall comes around we're gonna we're gonna lay down the law when fall comes it's gonna be real they resisted that temptation yeah spring ball is important to get that that install in regardless of whether you're a new player returning player New coordinator, returning coordinator, doesn't matter. Spring ball's important. It's where the learning's done. Yeah. So, to me, it's a positive sign to see that they're not taking the easy way out, letting the guys on the field this spring, and then picking it up in the fall. No. From day one, standards are standards. That what, That has to mean
1: something. What is the hardest thing to do? The hardest thing to do is to get behind mm-hmm. and try to catch up. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not... It's it's easier to stay on top or ahead. So the more you're ahead on the workload, the less it is on you. It's hard work, but easier in the long run. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, so you're putting yourself at
0: jeopardy of
1: an AJ Allen or a Ramel. Uh, I mean, uh, Ramir Johnson, Ramir Johnson, or
0: Winter Star, Gabe Irvin, somebody
1: taking over and, and getting ahead of you. Whose fault is that? It's not. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. It's yours. You, you have the resources you, 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 there you, for you. You have the resources. You could have went to summer class. You could. There's a lot of things you could have done because this is obviously a, transi, a trans. You know, a, a transition into a new regime mm-hmm. that's just not going to allow you to just be mediocre in how you're dealing with things. Now, my interest is to see how uh, Bets is going to do. Mm. You know, being that he dealt with what he dealt with, is he able to handle? The load, the school, getting back, maybe not being in the same position, but you get a fresh start because you have a new regime coming in, so you're not mm-hmm. dealing with the old. So I'm, I'm looking to see what these, 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 new, these new relationships are looking like. But we'll see. I'm glad
0: you brought up Betts. One of your own? Yeah. You yeah, mean, yeah, Bellevue Westgate. Yes, sir. Young position coach with a guy that's oh, been away from a year yeah. that we don't know where his head's at, how he's going to reacclimate to college football. They do bring in a couple transfers to that room in uh, Billy Kemp and Joshua Fleeks. To me, it's going to be on those guys to make sure Xavier Betts stays on topic, stays on course. Not going to say Garrett McGuire can't do it, but I think the help that Xavier Betts, who knows if he needs it or not. Maybe he's all good to go. My gut tells me, though, that Fleeks and Kemp are going to have big roles in how Xavier Betts gets back on the field.
1: Yeah. And, and that's OK. And especially if you can get that kind of leadership out of the portal, that's a, that's an amazing thing to be able to do. Um, the good thing about like on the basketball side, we're talking football, but on the basketball side, the good thing is that you have a good core of that leadership returning. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're going to get out of Casey, but you know, you got somebody who's, who's been in it. And that's Juwan Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some of your guards that now got to see what the expectations are and then take on new roles and, and, and assert themselves. So even Jamarcus, Jamarcus mm-hmm. is going to get an opportunity to take his, now you need, you need a good compilation of those that are vocal about it and a compilation of those that just do it by way of, so, so in essence for us, um, when I was playing, it was I was very vocal. I was the very vocal leader, as well as I would lay it on the line as far mm-hmm. as that. But Teron Liu, even as the point guard, wasn't that. Jeron Boone, even as their as the lead guard, wasn't that. Those guys were just go play and do it by example. Terrence Badgett was a vocal guy, you know. In that Piekowski, even when he was leading the team, he wasn't that. That came by way of Jamar Johnson or even Bruce Chubbick. Those guys were more vocal. So you have to have a good, good balance of those guys that do it by way of asserting themselves.
0: So looking at the football team, who's that going to be? Fantastic question. Because last year we heard a lot about Garrett Nelson and mm-hmm. what he meant. Um, Travis Volklok had been around for a while. Uh, Casey Thompson wasn't named a Q. captain. Um, yeah, Quint Newsom, mm-hmm. Guys like that. Newsom's back. Yep. Casey Thompson's back. The other two are gone. We know some of the names. Is Ty Robinson one of those guys? Is there a sophomore that steps up into that role we haven't seen before? But I, I do think that's important because, like you said, the, the hardest thing to do is get behind, and especially for some of these guys, I'm sure one of the hardest things they've had to do is get behind Matt Rule in the standards he wants to hold them to. Yeah. Some of the stuff is going. A lot of the stuff is going to be new to them. So, which players are the ones that do get behind what this coaching staff is selling? Who are those guys that are going to, to take that message, run with it, get better, and step up and be those leaders? That, to me, Strick, is a big part of what these next 13-14 practices are all about.
1: Agreed. Heyman uh, text line, 402-464-5685. Who is it? Who do you think, as you look at this lineup, whether it be newcomers, whether it be those who have been there and established themselves, are you think of the ones that are capable of stepping in and being the lead, the leaders, the charge uh, for this for this incoming group? Um, two, do you think Eric Nelson comes back? Nelson declared. I know, but can he come back?
0: I thought he said he was done.
1: Okay, well then... That's that's a no bueno. Okay. I just threw it out there. You know, I didn't I didn't know for sure. I, I still think it was a mistake. Um, if you two think it was a mistake, hit us up on the text line, 402-464-5685. Do you think Garrett Nelson is ready for the NFL, or do you think he should have came back? And if not, why?
0: If Garrett Nelson has a twin named Derek Nelson, feel free to send him back for yeah. some experience in yeah, the leadership. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. Uh, We'll keep the football conversation going. Got Steve Sipple, our own Steve Sipple. Early break with Sip and Jake. We'll talk to him about all this next.